Think about your zone of brilliance. Think about what you do that is a gift um, that others don't have in the same way and how you might write about that. Why do you love what you do? Hi, I'm Nick Armstrong, and this is the Startup FOCO podcast. Each episode, we get to talk with a business owner in our community and learn some fascinating new things. Today, we've got Cindy Skalicki from On Point Communications, and she's going to talk to us about personal branding. That's a term that I have a loaded history with, <laughs> and I, I really want to hear Cindy's take on it so that she can change my mind and make it a, a wonderful thing for all of us to use. Cindy, why don't you talk to, uh, to us about your business and uh, what personal branding means to you? You bet. Good to be here with you today, Nick. Uh, yes, I am the owner of On Point Communications. We just passed the five-year mark last fall, which was exciting. And at On Point, I provide two big buckets of services. One bucket is that public speaking, coaching, presentation skills area, which I love to do and have um, you know, work with teams or individuals. And then the other sort of bucket is the one we'll talk about today, which is that branding piece where, you know, having had some time at global ad and PR agencies, plus just a real love of dissecting and analyzing and creating messages that really land. I love to talk bigger strategy um, messaging. And so I have a five-part brand program that I walk people through, small businesses, um, companies, and we crank out um, all kinds of stuff like core values, mission and vision, customer segments and implementation. And uh, we, we also do work with personal branding. In fact, tomorrow I have a, a call with a client who, and we're gonna create her personal brand. So <laughs> there you go. So this intersects nicely with some of the conversation that we've had with Tammy Parker about interviewing for the intangibles. We've talked with Stephanie Sinadella about um, personal branding for the staff level and making sure that you're able to recruit from that, that level. Talk to me about what it means to have a personal brand. And are you specifically targeting folks who are freelancers or are you targeting people who are part of a larger organization? <clears throat> I would say both. And Nick, this is very organic for me because, you know, when I started my business, it was really, I did not intend to start a business. But once I followed a few breadcrumbs and landed at the state website to start my business, I realized that I needed to do some work to let people know who I was and what I was about. And so for me, you know, I don't have a certification in personal branding, although they are out there and they are highly valuable, but I learned this as I went. And I, I knew from my work in studying rhetoric, which is, um, you know, Aristotle, right? And his three-part triangle of speaker audience message, this is all about the speaker part. This is all about ethos. This is all about credibility when it comes to your personal brand. And so at the beginning of starting on point, I, I landed on LinkedIn like everybody else and their mother and was like, what is this? And how am I going to speak through this platform successfully to reach people? So a lot of growth has come from this exercise of having my own business. And so, and, and learning, you know, how do I want to craft that personal brand? So yeah, lots of um, just trying and, you know, throwing things at the wall, but also, you know, from my training, knowing that you need to 
you need to go to bat with the right tools. You need to present yourself well and professionally and have that, that polish, but also the authenticity of being real. So there's a balance for sure. I love the focus on uh, being organic. And we hear a little bit, the pushback that I hear from personal branding and have since, you know, the, the days of the social media gurus, right. Mm -hmm. Has been this idea of being overly polished, being too, being too, you know, business aware and being too focused on when these tools really meant to be connectors and connectivity enhancers. Mm -hmm. So the idea of personal branding to small business owners or freelancers who have been on that cusp and just been themselves and not really focused on that polish aspect, I think is what we're seeing so much pushback about the world of personal branding. Mm -hmm. So how do you get around that? And what does it look like to be And I wouldn't even say authentic because that's become a buzzword in and of itself as well. Mm -hmm, Right. How do we, how do we address that idea of being a real person, being a complete person while also being a business person and being competent and confident in that way? Well, like you said, Nick, it's a balancing act. And what, what I think of right, right now, as I'm listening to you is the work that I do with speakers who might want to reduce their fillers, their ums, their ahs, their so's, their, their, the words that jump in that we want to get away from, right? There isn't, you know, you don't really want all the time when it comes to fillers, because they really do bring that authenticity to your speech or your presentation. And I don't mean that you should plant them there if they're not there. <laughs> oh, and that maybe your, you know, your TEDx talk should probably be pretty totally clear of fillers. But I just use that as an example because that shows us that you are real and there there's a humanness to your presentation presence. And so when you're sitting in the audience, and you're watching someone who's really good and who's totally on, there is just something about them that tells you they have really prepared well. And those little things that might come out that weren't scripted are totally excusable because you know they're probably a little nervous or they're this or they're that, but you can tell from other things they're doing that they really prepared. It's when you didn't prepare and you have a hundred ums in the course of a six minute talk, which I have heard that you just, you know, the credibility tanks and their personal brand tanks and you don't have a lot of interest. So you need the polish, you need the presence and audiences just want you to be, they just want you to have prepared for them. That is the name of the game. The authenticity can come in when you have little bits of your human nature come through and especially through story, right? I mean, we know that authenticity and um, transparency and vulnerability come most through story. That that dovetails nicely with the teachings of Brene Brown and some mm-hmm. of the you know things that Seth Godin has been talking about for decades. I I feel less icky about the way that you have just described that than pretty much every other terminology or even discussion I've had about um, personal branding. You know, Stephanie Senadella aside, the the folks in Fort Collins seem to get this on an intrinsic level Mm -hmm. that personal branding isn't this icky like veneer that you're sticking over yourself, but really much more of 
you on your best day and the energy and joy and the, you know, the, the yeah. confidence that you can exude on your best day, that's what personal branding should be. Right. And that's how you should show up to things when you're doing them well. And when personal branding goes right, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Personal branding is not a photo of you with your logo at the bottom. It is the essence of who you are being shared through any and all of your marketing materials, being able to get to the core of who you are and what you bring to the world. That's personal branding. And that is absolutely what this passion piece exercise accomplishes. So let's make this actionable. What is it that you can do to boost your personal brand and really be your best self in all contexts, whether it's business or showing up on your Facebook page and maybe shifting some of your high school friends over to your business audience and making them aware of what you do professionally. And so you have that confidence and that confidence showing up in all ways. Well, the first step would be to think about your audience at a much deeper level than you are right now. When I sit down to write an email to my email list or a post at social, you know, my end goal is for them to do something like click a link or like it or comment or engage with me. I just, I want engagement of some kind, right? And so when I want, when I know what my objective is, you have to back it out, right? Let's, let's go backwards to say, what is gonna hook my audience's attention? Well, what are they doing right now? What are they facing? Where might they be scrolling through this you know, message? What, put, put yourself in your audience's shoes to see what kinds of challenges and problems they might be having and how you can catch their attention with a story. And then be authentic. And I'll give you an example. Uh, just last week, I had, um, I had taken probably two to three months off of my email campaign to, for OnPoint. I'm doing everybody else's email campaigns, but I've neglected my own, right? So I, right out of the gate, my email to my, to my followers was, hey, everybody, I know I've been gone for a while, but it's been pretty busy around here, which is the good news. So let me tell you what's been going on. And here was my 2020. And I dove into the good, the bad, and the ugly about my 2020. I thanked them for for being part of my business life, those who were clients. And I just put it out there. I got numerous responses and even a couple of queries for you know, business opportunities. So, but that's, instead of just throwing something out there that was faceless, I was like, being authentic is the way to go. It's just me, that's how I like to relate to people. So that would be my thought is, is really um, the audience part of the mess, the audience part of the triangle for Aristotle back to speaker audience message. It's the weakest link for everyone, myself included. It's gotta be, um, and that's, that makes sense because we're, I'm the speaker and I'm giving the message, but you've got to put yourself in that, that place to really reach people. It's almost like the, the Christmas card methodology where you go off the radar for a little bit. They need a life update and understand who you are as a person. And yeah. then they can, dive in and engage with you on a more professional level I mean, for that. Don't you like getting Christmas cards that that are actually written about the struggles people had this year? Like, you know, we lost my mom this year or something like that, where you're like, oh, and then you reach back out to them, right? Instead of just love the Smiths, where you're like, great picture, you know, putting it on the wall. Yeah. I mean, the point of personal branding, the point of it 
is to engage in relationship. That's the point, you know, because that's what's going to lead to any potential business. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. That is such an old adage, but man, is it true. <laughs> it's, a, it's a refrain that's come up time and time and time again, especially on this podcast, that connection is the root of all marketing that's and true. all sales, any business-related activity. If you don't have that connection, you are sunk. So okay. I... I I see this come out in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways that I've implemented it myself is to start writing really, and people think that they're sort of cheesy sometimes how glowing these, these birthday notes are. I write birthday notes to my friends on Facebook and tell them about exactly how I feel about them because COVID has made it very clear that life can be short and we don't know what's going to come around the corner. So there is no excuse for not telling somebody how you, you know, what you think of them, how professional yeah. they are, or how they've changed your life or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things that I, I find that is super helpful, especially in the realm of personal branding is just telling people what you think of them as well mm-hmm. as an audience member or as a you know, client or a, you know, a friend, a partner, a subcontractor, tell yep. them what they've done, how they valued your business or other yep. things like that, and how you've built value together. Those are connective points that are easy to reach mm-hmm. and super low hanging fruit in the day and time where we have our connectivity right in our pockets and can yeah. send short messages to each other or yep. post on each other's Facebook or LinkedIn walls. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's it, the antithesis of that or the opposite of that are these cold, stale LinkedIn connection requests that I, I know flood my inbox and probably yours too, just that you know, are just canned and impersonal. You know, I will scroll through someone's LinkedIn profile and find out that they went to school in Michigan where my brother went and make some kind of, you know, just haphazard comment that I'm also from the Midwest and, you know, whatever that might be. So those connection pieces are just critical for sure. And that you've said that we have a, we have another podcast uh, with Candace Edelin from Propel Growth covering that very topic of how to do that well and organically to reach out to people who you don't have a connection with and how to do that without creating the blunder of like, this is cold. I don't, I'm detached. I don't want to talk about this with this person. It really is about building those connections genuinely upfront. And this is such a, it's so many of the topics that we've covered on this podcast Mm -hmm. over the last few weeks have focused on this connection aspect. So if you could summarize for a a listener at home, what is the one action they need to take today in order to start on this path of personal branding and do it well, what would that be? Well, I think that it would help if I described what this passion piece is that I have developed because it's actually a thing. It's a a slide that is developed through a workshop I provide. And a passion piece is your explanation of your core brilliance, okay? So I learned this through Crafted Leadership, a Fort Collins-based company, but there are four areas of competence that we have. One is your zone of incompetence where you're not good at stuff, so you farm it out tax help for me, right? Um, Then there's the area of zone of competence, which you're good at, but most people are better at cooking. Um, The zone of excellence is something that you're quite good at, but leave something unfulfilled for you. So um, for me, that might be um, 
a corner of my business that I, that I really love, but maybe I love another one better, right? And then the zone of brilliance is the area that just absolutely lights you up. So Nick, this passion piece that I, that I wrote actually came out of uh, my uncle's um, uh, memorial service. My uncle was a passionate motorcyclist, okay? And so what I'd like to do is, um, is share with people that passion piece. Um, it's, it's at my LinkedIn featured page actually, and so is my own passion piece. But my uncle wrote every sentence of his passion piece, which is what I called it, with the, the startup, it says, I love. I love motorcycling because of this. I love the way it feels when I go over uneven pavement. I love, I love. And it just got, a, I've read it to so many people in all of the workshops I give, and they feel like they know my uncle. And importantly, even if they've never sat on a motorcycle before in their lives, they know that um, they know what he felt when he was on that motorcycle and he knew that passion. So if I could, I was thinking I might read just a few sentences of the passion piece that I wrote after that. And this is what I teach people how to do, Nick. And the action item is share this passion piece with people through LinkedIn when you first meet them. And so that's what I often do. I will just say, here's a little bit about me and that's all I do. But you know what, Nick? It has catapulted those initial conversations that I might have with someone because they now know more about me as a person and what I love. And so I will just share with you a couple lines, if that's okay, um, of my passion piece. And it goes like this. I love the half second before a speaker begins. I love the mystery and hope that exists in this unknown space. I love the possibility that is held in what will unfold this blank slate moment of time. I love seeing how the speakers start their talk and pinpointing certain features right away, like his rich booming voice, her confident assertive eye contact. I love watching them tap into their natural abilities and I love the surprise looks on their faces when I tell them what those are. I love that I am often the first person who has explained their gifts to them out loud. I love listening to carefully crafted stories punctuated by descriptive details, purposeful pauses, and elegant endings. And it goes on to explain why I love what I do. And this passion piece is something I just turned into a webinar during the pandemic because we needed something to do and something creative and fun. And it really was a hit. I just did one the other night with a, a songwriter and an amazingly talented artist. And when I read theirs, I was totally floored. And they were like on fire for what they had just experienced about tapping their zones of brilliance. So it's a, it's a product I offer to groups or individuals. And I would love for anyone to just reach out to me over LinkedIn and I'll send it to you um, or at my, at my email address. Um, I can absolutely just chat further with people, but it is uh, it's really powerful. It's extremely unique. I've never seen anyone who's done anything like this before. And it really cuts to the heart of who you are. It's hard to feel icky about connecting with joy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 
exactly. So Cindy, is there anything else that you wish that we would have covered today that we didn't or anything that I should be asking you that we didn't get uh, that you didn't get asked today? No, I think the one, you know, for a leave behind thought for the audience, I would say, like, what is your zone of brilliance? Think about what you might write one about. Um, it doesn't have to be work related. Some people have come in and written about their love of quilting or water skiing. Um, obviously for business purposes, you ought to be able to find at least one. So the point being, you can write numerous passion pieces, but find in your work, what is your zone of brilliance? What do you do in your work where time just disappears? And you are just so fulfilled by that activity that um, nothing else really matters until someone comes over and says, hey, it's it's 10 o'clock, it's time to go to bed or whatever it might be. So that would be my, my ask of the audience. Think about your zone of brilliance. Think about what you do that is a gift um, that others don't have in the same way and how you might write about that. Why do you love what you do? Reach out to me anytime at info at onpoint-communications.com and then go find me on LinkedIn and just connect with me. Let me know you heard this. That would be really fun. I'd love to know that you heard this and I'll send you my passion piece in full because I only read the first part. But thanks, Nick. This was really fun. Cindy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast as usual and having a good conversation <laughs> with you. We learn something new every single time we talk. So awesome. I am uh, thrilled that you're here. For more great information from other small business owners in our community, visit startupfoco.com. 